0: Hey there, welcome to Spooky Space where me and my dad are going to do our best to scare the crap out of you. You're welcome! Also, I just wanted to reach out to all of our listeners and say thank you so much for supporting us, especially here in the beginning as we're just kind of kicking off our podcast. We really want to make this podcast you know, a worthwhile show for you to listen to, so feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook group or Instagram at Spooky Space Podcast, or you can send us an email directly at spookyspacepodcast at gmail.com. With that, I'll go ahead and start the music and start the show.
1: dad okay. hello there how you doing i'm just uh living the life down here in south texas <laughs> slowly but surely getting getting more busy so what you got for me emily
0: chupacabras your favorite
1: chupacabra ah well
0: one of your favorites i won't say the favorite we'll save that one for later
1: oh boy okay <laughs> all right so
0: how can you explain a chupacabra
1: well um you know, I've I've seen on TV different specials and different programs uh, what people are, people are calling a chupacabra in it, and what I've seen on TV um, it's more like a, a mutated kind of a coyote or a dog, some <laughs> kind of creature that's on all fours. Now, having said that, it's it's. It looks different from a a dog or a coyote for sure, but uh, everything I've seen on TV is on four legs, and it's running like an animal, you know, typically would on all fours. But that's not my idea of a chupacabra.
0: Oh, no? Okay. So um, from what I looked up, it's known as a, I guess chupacabra means goat sucker, so like sucks the blood out of goats and livestock.
1: Right, right. And right. it was
0: first seen in Puerto Rico, and then I think it kind of, the media got a hold of it, and then it was quickly seen like in the southern, southwestern U.S. states. Um, but right. it sounds like you have a story about chupacabras.
1: I do. You want to like, tell it? Would you like to hear? <laughs> I would. Well, the the creature I saw, I'm, I'm calling a chupacabra. Now, it doesn't match what like I said, what's been on TV. I saw a creature. Let me give you the backdrop first. I was this is uh South Texas. I was coming home I guess it was I'm trying to think it was like mid or early eighties
2: uh-huh.
1: timeframe. frame. And uh, I'll never forget it was on a Thursday night. I was driving home and uh we had been setting up some equipment late at night. So I'm on my way back to Houston from um like the El Campo area which is kind of you know this side of victoria anyway it's south texas anyway driving home um of course it's late at night it's probably i don't know getting close to midnight 11 something and uh that part of the freeway um not a whole lot on it. it's pretty desolate but it it narrows down into like a one lane you know highway if you will with several stoplights. And so I'm sitting at this stoplight in the middle of nowhere. Uh, nothing on either side of the road. And uh, of course, the light's red. And through the red light on the shoulder of the road, I noticed a, a, a motion. Like, what the heck is that? And So mm. uh, I, it, it wasn't very far away from me, but I thought it was something maybe got hit by a car. But what had happened is something... I think did get hit by a car. So there was like a, a a dead critter on the side of the road. And then this thing that I saw was like picking on it or like, I guess munching on it, if you will, (laughs) but it had a, it had a a weird looking motion. So I said, what the heck is that? And then, um, so I flicked my brights on this thing and it's, it's head came up off the um, ground level and looked at me. And it had little pointy ears. It did not have a snout or anything. It wasn't dog or coyote shaped by any stretch. And I like, what the heck is that? Because it was probably 50 feet, if not less from me and the light turned green. And so I'm like (laughs) cautiously (laughs) easing through the, uh, through the intersection with my brights on. And this thing got up on two legs and ran well, I'll say ran it, like it was walking real fast, almost into like a run. like a
0: mall walker.
1: Probably a little faster than that. <laughs>
0: but like moving its arms like a little mall walker.
1: Yeah, so it, it got up on the shoulder of the road and went directly in front of my truck. I had a little, I think, a Dodge Dakota truck, and his his he was about as tall as the hood of my truck, so he wasn't very close. Was probably three three and a half feet tall, maybe. Huh. Um, Little pointy ears, and he went right in front of my truck, and he was moving his arms, chuggity chuggity chuggity, on two legs. Now it wasn't, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't nothing to do with like looking like a, 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 a um, a dog, dog. Yeah. right? Two legs for sure. He was kind of a smoky gray color,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he was, went right in front of my truck, and his he was moving his little head, looking at me, and then looking at the other side of the road, then looking at me, and looking at the other side of the road, Front of my truck, back two legs, and then he went across the street on the other side of the road and through the little ditch. I was like watching. (laughs) So he went through the little ditch and then into the weed line, and his little arms he he parted the weeds with both you know put his arms in and pulled the weeds apart, stuck his leg in there and he was gone. Wow. I'm like whoa, what the heck was that? But like I said, it it definitely wasn't a dog or a something on all fours it was definitely on two legs swinging its arms back and forth uh, little pointy ears and the face of it from what i can remember it did not have a snout or any it was more um for lack of a better analogy um it was kind of monkey faced where uh-huh. you know real flat faced and uh, i could you know of course how animals the light reflects out of their eyes real weird so that that didn't that didn't help with the eeriness yeah <laughs> but uh yeah he just scampered across the road looking moving his head back and forth looky 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 and then uh got down and weed line and was gone i'm like what the heck was that? <laughs> i thought now there's something you don't see every day <laughs>
0: oh my gosh uh so the problem with chupacabras as i've been researching them is that like every country and every region has a different description. So the earliest descriptions of chupacabras are most similar to what you saw. And then the later ones, it morphs into like a dog coyote like creature. Right. Uh I think some stories in Mexico, they say it had wings and it flies. And I was like, that doesn't sound like any chupacabra I've ever heard of. Yeah. And then I think there was a recent news article that, had one in Honduras that was it was white, and I was like, uh-huh. "That is just completely different." So, as I was reading through the stories, I kind of I made note of the ones that m- were most similar to yours.
1: Right, um, right.
0: But you may have seen the first one because the first chi- the first chupacabra wasn't seen until 1995 in Puerto Rico by a, a woman named Madeline,
1: uh-huh. and she
0: described it as four or five feet tall with. Uh, wide, dark eyes, thin front arms, and claw-like hands with three claws. She also said that it stood on two legs, um, but she said it didn't have ears, and instead of a nose, it just had air holes. And then she added that it had feathery spikes on its back.
1: Yeah, I didn't, uh, as far as definition of hands or claws, I really wasn't close enough to to see because his arms were moving pretty, you know, like he, he had said, like a mall walker. That's kind of what he was doing. <laughs> it
0: was. Maybe all these years it was just a mall walker that wanted some road kill.
1: <laughs> You're probably um, right.
0: So as it turns out, uh, there's one recent, one scientist who kind of devoted his, I would say his life to going and researching the chupacabra. And he found out that this Madeline woman maybe a couple days or recently, right before she saw the first Chupacabra, had seen the movie, um, Species. Have you seen that?
1: Uh, rings a bell.
0: Well, apparently, I have, I'll have. add a picture of the creature from Species on our posts, but it is really similar to what she said she saw. So, um, it doesn't have ears. It has kind of like a nose. And then this, this alien creature has spikes along its back. So... Yeah. The researcher was saying maybe she didn't mean to lie but it is really similar to what she described so he kind of discounts her recollection but i don't know i think i think if you imagine something you would know but
1: right right well i what i saw was um a stack of bibles man That's god's honest truth it's the weirdest (laughs) thing i've ever seen and i at the time i drove all the way home and woke my wife up you know and you ain't gonna believe what I saw. She, of course, she didn't believe me. I was like no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> um. So later that year, again in Puerto Rico, there was one guy um who said he saw the chupacabra come out of like the woods and come into his backyard and it bit his the family dog that he had. Oh wow! He, he thinks it belongs to the monkey family, but it isn't a monkey exactly. He said. It ran like a monkey and was like four feet tall, but it didn't have a tail.
1: Huh, yeah! So
0: I was getting out with yours when you said it had like a
1: monkey face. A
0: monkey face, did you?
1: Yeah, and and uh, having said all that, just the face looked uh, for like like I said, lack of a better analogy, monkey like, and to uh, no snoot or snout. But it didn't like you know how you can see a chimpanzee or something run on like the uh, National Geographic. Uh huh. Kind They kind of gallop, or they don't really They use their arms a lot. This had real short arms, and it had no problem ambulating, man. It was boom, 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 boom. It, was, it was, had no problem on two legs. So I don't think it could have got on all four. Huh.
2: It,
1: uh, it, was, it was the strangest thing I ever saw. <laughs> uh, I never forget the pointy ears either, so. Uh,
0: there was another story. I believe really, this was in Puerto Rico as well, because these were the ones that were most similar to yours, and these were the first ones, so I – in my mind, they're probably the most accurate. But uh-huh. uh, this guy, basically, he is, it's middle of the night and he hears his pigs kind of screeching in the barn. Uh-huh. So he said he grabbed a sword. I guess he was what we would call like a cosplayer today. And he was like super sword oriented. So he grabbed his sword and he went to check on his pig. He said when he turns the corner into the barn... This thing was standing on two legs and was a dark, smoky gray color. Uh huh. Um, he said that there seemed to be like a peach fuzz all over its body.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: he said the eyes were huge. And then he said the head was an oval shape that was wider on the top. And then again, he goes into the arms that have three claw like digits on the end, which uh-huh. were very thin. And then um, I guess before anything crazy happened, the chupacabra broke the chain link. Uh, barrier of the pig pen and then he went to the backyard jumped over the fence and disappeared into the bushes
1: wow isn't that something mm-hmm. and the um back to the thing i saw i know it had it had fur but it didn't it wasn't like shaggy like you think of a bigfoot or something with fur just hanging off of it i could tell it was fuzzy and had fur but it wasn't it was pretty sleek looking so mm-hmm.
2: He was, was it,
0: like, reflecting? Like, you know, I don't know. In my mind, if something has, like, gray peach fuzz and it's an animal, it kind of ref- hits the light and reflects whenever you're – Yeah,
1: um, mostly I was just focused on its eyes because his head kept twitching and looking at me and then back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> and, I, and it was just – he was reflecting the lights from my headlights, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, so that was kind of weird. But I, I remember him being a smoky gray-colored, real light, uh, real short fur, if you will. Um
0: Okay, so I mentioned the scientist who researched this whole chupacabra thing, right? Uh-huh. His name was Benjamin Radford, and he traveled to Puerto Rico. That's where he tracked down Madeline, the one who first saw a chupacabra. And he actually examined um, chupacabra specimens, which I was like, what? That's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, he has examined 12 total specimens, and he took the DNA to figure out what exactly they are. Uh, most turned out to be coyotes, dogs, or raccoons, and in his research, uh, one turned out to be a fish, which I was very confused about, but I don't know how you mistake it, but I guess it was. He said that all of the specimens he looked at were hairless, and they appeared to have burnt-looking skin, huh. but the farmers that he talked to said that they didn't recognize the animal that they had killed. Because they thought they killed a trooper copper, right? And the argument in their case is that they mostly live in rural areas. So if it was a coyote or a dog, they would know because they've seen them. What Mr. Radford and a lot of the other scientists think is that it's a coyote or a dog that has mange and it makes them unrecognizable. Huh. And it's real bad mange to where like they've scratched up their skin to where it's. Oh, yeah,
1: right. But okay. that
0: doesn't explain the. Uh, two-foot thing that you saw, like, walking on its back feet.
1: Yeah, I think there's two two different lines of sighting and reasoning, and one of them is a four-legged, you know, coyote dog thing, and the other one is a two-legged creature slash alien, so there might be two, you know. And, of course, you don't stop the creature and ask for an ID, and, it's, you know, <laughs> are you Chupacabra? And then, you, have, you know, it's like. <laughs> yes. So you, just, uh, you just see it and, like, oh, I think I saw Chupacabra. So.
0: Um, Another thing that they brought up was the fact that the livestock that the chupacabra kills are usually drained of their blood. Uh I guess if you look at the animals that they've supposedly killed, they usually just have like one bite mark and that's it. So Uh the way that the scientists have explained it, they say that whenever a dog would typically kill an animal, they would puncture it and then leave the animal to bleed internally. They say that if a farmer were to, like, examine this dead animal because of the internal bleeding and the fact that it would die, like, I don't know, laying down, that all the blood would pool and become gelatinous, and then whenever the farmers cut it open, they wouldn't see any blood.
1: Oh, I got I see what you're saying.
0: But I don't know. Personally, I think a farmer or somebody who's seen that before would know. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably be like, there ain't no blood in this thing.
1: (laughs) Right, right, Uh uh-huh. Yeah, like I said, I think there's two lines of thinking on this. Um, Who knows? I just know what I saw wasn't – it was not four-legged for sure. It had no resemblance of a dog or a coyote or a wolf or anything like that.
0: I found a quote from that scientist, Mr. Radford, who – he eventually said, he's like, look, it doesn't matter what research I do, what I say, people are going to believe the Chupacabra story and whatever they want to believe at the end of the day. So I feel like he did waste his time a little <laughs> trying to debunk it.
1: Right, right.
0: But uh, some of the other theories that I didn't really get into about the Chupacabra is that it's an alien. And you mentioned something. Do you think it's an alien?
1: Um, like outer space kind of alien?
0: Yeah, like they people think it's an alien that's like been put or somehow put on the Earth. I guess
1: I really don't. I think it's just a uh, uh, kind of along the Bigfoot line, or if you will, uh, some species that people have seen glimpses and in uh, you know bits and pieces of here or there. But I think it's just a a species here on Earth that we haven't we haven't uh, found out a whole lot about yet.
0: Then the second, the, another theory that we didn't—well, we kind of touched it—was that the chupacabra is a coyote wolf hybrid with a mange-like disease.
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh.
0: So could be. Um, and then also, I read one account that that suggested that you know somebody saw spikes on the chupacabra's back. Somebody suggested that they could weaponize those spikes and like shoot them out at things. Interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes your imagination can take over, I guess. Yeah, I didn't see any spikes on the one I I saw. I mean, uh, it just it was just running, man. But I didn't notice. I didn't notice the hands or any claws or any detail or I definitely didn't see any spikes or something sticking out of the back. But it just looked like a furry little critter. It was with pointy ears. <laughs> he was having him having him a snack on the side of the road.
0: So, uh, Dad, I have a surprise for you.
1: What do you got there, Emily?
0: Uh, So, I was emailing back and forth with Mr. John Adolfi from the the Lost World Museum in Phoenix, New York, and he's actually agreed to be on our podcast and talk to us about uh, chupacabras.
1: Nice. Well, maybe he can give us a whole uh, whole different uh, insight and uh, level of expertise that we uh, could use. (laughs) Sure.
0: Well, hey there, John.
2: Hey, Emily. Hi, Brian. Hi, John. Good Good to meet you guys. You too. Yes, sir. So, um, my experience with chupacabras goes all the way back to 2006. I was uh, down in um, southern New York uh, at a like a corn roast kind of weekend thing <laughs> that our church members had, and we got sitting around. It was a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday thing, and Friday night, the the father says to me, "Hey, my 21 year old son." Told me about this crazy story. We got to have him come over. It's about a chupacabra, something like that. <laughs> I had vaguely, maybe heard or seen a picture of something weird, like a, like a head or something of a chupa, um, but I didn't quite make the connection. So, anyways, the son comes up and tells me about these two young, fifteen and sixteen year olds that had spotted, captured, and then eventually killed a chupacabra, and he took the bones to Cornell and dropped them off. And they got very excited about these, about the bones. Um, And then they lost interest. And I said, go get them. I will work out a deal with the young guys. So I interviewed the young boys. I actually videotaped it uh, there and I videotaped the mom. And what happened was they were out for pizza one Friday night and they, uh, they saw this thing hopping kind of like a kangarooish kind of front paws and back paws. It looked unusual, and obviously it moved a little bit unusual. And they said, that's a chupacabra. The kids knew. And his dad said, what are you talking about? And they stopped. They chased it. They nabbed it. They put it in, the, in a bed sheet and then <laughs> held it out the window as they ate pizza with his other hand. <laughs> they put it in the back of a trailer, and within a, and it wouldn't eat, and it was kind of strange, and it looked just like your typical – you know, kind of gray hair, kind kind of gray skin, wrinkled up, hairless, except for tough on its on its um tail. And then one of the older brothers went in there and shot it because they didn't know a thing. They did they tried calling the DEC and they said, Yeah, it's a chupacabra, there's no such thing, and hung up on him. Uh, tried calling right. the newspapers and they ignored them. So they didn't know what to do with it. So the older brother went out there and did it in, wasn't eating anyways, and then it just sat there in um horse manure for about two weeks and deteriorated almost to nothing except for the bones. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I bought the bones off of them. They got them back from Cornell and Cornell had lost interest and I got the bones and I went and I cleaned them up. It was really gross. Videotaped them. And then that was it from then. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, he kept seeing a bigger one in the area, the, the 21 year old, you know, and so then I started doing research on it and it was fascinating. And then, in 2000, I can't remember, uh, it's on YouTube, 2008 or 2000, early 2009, um, there was the um, the chupa that was caught, it was actually poisoned uh, down in Texas, Blanco, Texas.
0: Mm-hmm. And Jerry this is Ayers. the one you had in your
2: museum? Yeah. yeah, Jerry Ayers, who was a taxidermist, received this balled up uh, frozen package from a man who put rat poisoning in his barn because something was getting in there and he found this thing dead and he didn't know anything to do with it. So he put it in a freezer and then he traded it for Jerry Ayers for some taxidermy lessons. So Jerry got a hold of it, bought <laughs> it out and then proceeded to taxidermy it while the media came in and recorded it when it was in its pre taxidermy state. Mm-hmm. I, I think I talk- I've seen
0: the pictures of that. It just looks like a balled up. You can't no. really see it.
2: So I bought it off of him. Mm -hmm. He pulled the skin over a, um, a coyote. Uh, so it's not exactly to what it was when it was originally. He said that there were some characteristics about it that were unusual. Um, the teeth were a little bit longer. The paws were a little bit, either longer or shorter or something. I can't remember, but, uh, had it shipped. It's really wild looking man. And, uh, and then at the Lost World Museum, which we were just still trying to construct the interior exterior, we decided the entire month of October of 2009 to do a display. And we took all the photos that were I collected online or from other people, blew them up. We did 45. We had 45 photos, and we put them on a poster board and put those up. And then we had some some footage of uh, the Chupa running away from the troopers there down the path and a couple of, and that woman there out in Texas, I can't remember her name, who had a couple of Chupas and whatnot. Anyway, and we had about 500 people come through. Wow. Well, while that was going on, I was still doing, people were sending me things, pictures of Chupas, dead Chupas. uh, You know, I got privy to, analysis that was done. I saw an inconsistency in the way science was handling the information, and I thought it was very telling because science will tell you that they're altruistic, they're looking for the truth, even though they can't find the big T truth, they'll settle for the, the small t truth until they find another small t truth to um, replace it. And I respect that, but the reality is very, is, can be very different. And that is is that they do, not want to cro- they do not want to cross over. They do not want to color outside the lines too far. They can't. They'll be looked as, as, as buffoons, as, as unintelligent. There's a number of things that are realities of science that only somebody who is willing to open up about the truth about science or humans, Our same human frailty goes into science as well too, you know. The inconsistencies that I saw were, is that number one, the scientists were either completely uninterested, almost laughed at it as if it was like just some sort of weird novelty. Um, the other thing was, is that they weren't willing to consider it to be a separate species at all. We found all the mammals, one told me. There's, there's no more mammals to be found. <laughs> now. I don't believe that it is a different species. I and I'll get to why, but I just find it interesting why they won't even approach it like that. It'll at least consider it. I mean, okay, so we consider it for three seconds and then we're done, you know. But but they won't. And the other thing about it is, is that well, let me tell you a little bit about what the scientific studies found out. Go ahead. There was one woman who found one in North and South Carolina, and she took it. Prentice, I think his last name was I spoke to him after he examined it It was roadkill they had seen them around and they took pictures of them and of it or whatever and here's what was really cool he said that you know it was a wolf it was a coyote like creature and I asked him about and this is the thing about mange remember how you're talking about earlier in this episode about mange and Brian I think you were talking about that right probably mange Everybody that I spoke to that is native to their land that have seen chupacabras, when they see the thing with the complete bald, I'm talking completely bald, gray, crumpled up skin, they say to me, and I've had at least a half a dozen people, if not almost a half a dozen people say to me, I know mange. It's not mange. Right.
0: Mm, right. Now,
2: scientists look at that as anecdotal and just whatever, you know, that has no scientific bearing because it's just a bunch of locals telling what they think. Mm -hmm. It does not pass scientific methods when the scientific method was applied in this case in south carolina he didn't go into the species because he didn't do a dna test but as far as the condition of it he said john it's mange but it's but it's not mange it's not mange and i went isn't that interesting he says it's mange like you know but it's not mange he tested it other scientists say it was mange There was an inconsistency there, and I thought that was very telling, and the locals said no mange. Two scientists said no mange. Two or three of them said it's mange. So while I was messing around with all this, learning as I go, talking to people, collecting photographs, I started getting videos of, and I think you guys talked about it, like a chupa fish and Chupa.
0: I, yeah, so one of the one of the cadavers I guess that Mr. Radford examined was a fish, and I was very confused by the fish because that's so far outside of whatever I've heard of chupacabras, you know.
2: I don't know about the chupa fish, but I'll tell you I mean, what <laughs> I saw. I saw chupa foxes, chupa coons, chupa bears in Germany, and the chupa bears in Germany are the things that um, that put the nail in the coffin for me.
0: When you say like a chupa bear or coon, are you saying it's a chupacabra mammal mixed with the bear type no. mammal? Or what do you mean by that?
2: <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, is that it's got the skin condition. Okay. Now, forget about the stuff that's going on in Puerto Rico. you got to understand, in my, in my experience in treasure hunting, I used to treasure hunt. Whenever you get to countries that have a, a great deal of superstition within their culture, they just sit in ducks for either – supernatural phenomenon to adapt to their culture exacerbating what they already feel is you know the the wild the weird it's not to say you don't see that in the United States you just see more of it there Mm. so their chupacabra with laser beam eyes and flying around and stuff and walking on goat hooves or whatever is uh, doesn't surprise me but as soon as you cross into Texas it becomes a a mange-like coyote
0: right
2: and that's where we pick up and take off with it from the early 2000s to where we are today. UC Davis asked for samples of my chupa, uh-huh. and um, they got it before it got to me. Um, I had them take the bones, which I never received until later on, and when they made their way towards me, um, they they took the flesh off of it, and, um, and then they took samples of it, and in a couple of different um, colleges got a chance to examine it. There was a, a college professor or whatever doing a, a study on them and got the, a, an opportunity to get three or four specimens. They did a DNA test. Mm-hmm. This was almost later on in, I don't know, 2010 and 11. They found that mine was a cross between a coyote and a wolf. It wasn't anything special. So you got to then go back to, well, what's what's going on with its condition? Let me add this. Whenever you take something and shave it bald, it looks weird. Right. (laughs) I had a friend in the Navy who didn't want to go out because he wanted to stay true to his woman. So he ended up, he was a good-looking guy, and he had a big, bushy head of hair, really thick, and mustache and everything. He shaved his head, his eyebrows, and his mustache, and he looked like Uncle Fester. It was the weirdest (laughs) thing So when you see a, a, a completely shaved, even if it's pink skin, anything, it looks strange. And then you add the skin condition. Here's the punchline. These things are nothing more than mammals. Now, whether they're a mixture of, happen to be the one that we're looking at, whatever that one is, if it's a dog-like creature, if it happens to be a dog-like creature, then it may be a mix. It may not be a mix. There's nothing Um, outside of the realm of normality in regards to the actual beast itself, okay? It's still a mammal and it's a dog, or or if it's a raccoon, I saw a chupacoon, it was weird. And the mange usually looks like pink skin from scratching, patches of hair, baldness to whatever degree. Typically, you don't see them completely bald, when you do, they have a tuft of hair on maybe on the head or the back and then on their tail. But that gray skin condition wrinkled. That's the thing that makes it even more uh, compelling, mysterious. Mm-hmm. When I saw the bears in Germany, they had a little bit more tufts of hair, not they weren't completely bald. When I saw the bears in Germany have gray skin that was crinkled, I went, OK. Something is going on, and here's the conclusion um, whether the the Spanish are dealing with something that is altogether supernatural that's not a natural phenomenon, whatever it is that they're seeing and experiencing here in the United States. we have a mammal, it can come in various formats I'm saying that the skin condition can affect everything from a bear to a raccoon to a fox to a you know um a wolf and um after getting the report back from uh, UC Davis and then telling me what genetically it was, and after analyzing these videos and seeing the different things, the only thing I can conclude is it's nothing more than a mammal doing what mammals do. They go and they kill chickens, and it has a skin disease. That You ready for this? I'm ready. It looks like mange, but it isn't mange traditionally, but it is some form of mange that anyone has yet to... Uh, identify it with its gray gnarled skin and super lack of hair uh, without the scratching and the bleeding and the, and the raw skin. That's it. That's the chupacabra. And some, I remember one guy who said, Hey, he was on the phone with me. He said, this is the guy that owns a chupacabra and he was all crazy and he gets his friends on the phone. Go Listen to what he has to say. I go, Sorry, it's no chupacabra. It's just a diseased animal with a very different skin condition. They've yet to. He goes, (laughs) ah. You see, I don't care what the truth is. I I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. If if it's a skin condition that just hasn't been identified, it's mange-like. So be it. You know.
1: And John, if I can uh, interject real quick. Sure. Uh, It's almost, you know. for lack of a better analogy, think of like the elephant man and people that would see him, you know, and that's a, definitely a human, but all the skin condition he had and think how alien he would have looked to people just walking around. They're like, Oh my God, what the heck is this thing? You know, and it's like right. that's some sort of creature or some sort of monster or new species or whatever. So I can see how that uh, just skin conditions and, and disease processes and, uh, things of that nature could could uh, definitely drastically change how a normal something would look. Um, so I get that. In your experience, um, have you talked with anyone in the states that has seen something of the two-legged variety? Reason I say is the the, th- the thing I saw, and it may or may not fall over the typical chupacabra.
2: Sure. Umbrella,
1: but that's just—I didn't know what else to call it.
2: <laughs> no, no, but, I agree.
1: Yeah, but this thing was definitely two-legged, and it—it it ran right across the front of my truck, swinging its little arms. And um, it was not a four-legged, you know, dog coyote type thing. It just kind of scurried across the road. I said, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> so, for lack of a better whatever to call it, I was like, "Oh, that must be one of those chupacabra things." <laughs> of course, this was back in the you know, early 80s, way before cell phones or cameras, not that I would have thought to do that anyway. Like I said, it wasn't galloping like a monkey who typically drags his knuckles to help him ambulate. Or It, it definitely wasn't four-legged. It was just on two legs, and it was swinging its arms as fast as it could. Anyway. No, I
2: haven't. I haven't heard of anyone f- seen the the Puerto Rican version, let's just say, of the chupa in the United States. Right. Everybody was real fixated on these animals as they were – one by one presented in different, you know, circumstances and uh, in the media. In 2009, it was just like, it kind of built up from...
1: Well, very interesting, very interesting hearing your perspective and
2: hearing all your your stuff, so...
0: Mr. John, what are you up to now?
2: Well, by day, I'm an owner of a real estate company, Adolphe Real Estate in Phoenix, New York, and then right next to our real estate company, we have what's called the Lost World Museum, mm-hmm. and not only are we an online, uh, you know, an online um, uh, presence, but we actually have a physical location. But we're doing something a little differently that hasn't really been done. And ironically enough, with the COVID and everything, we realized that we, uh, with the resources that we have available, we couldn't afford to open up a, a facility and to, you know, uh, staff it. So I said, you know what? We got a lot of things that we can present to the people online in different formats of video and audio and everything. Let's just have one huge window display. Wow. And that's, yeah. And we're going to be launching that concept along with, uh, ancillary or, um, you know, uh, other forms of information on it. So you're not going to be able to just get it from one source. Uh, is, uh, we're going to be launching the the world's largest four-tusk mastodon. And there's a little bit of controversy there, you know, as far as science is concerned. And our motto or our 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 uh, icon or logo or whatever is um, is uh, apes, aliens, or Atom. And if you ever see that, it's just um, our way of, of saying, hey, uh, revisiting the origins question and asking whether we – did we come from an ape? Ape-like creature if we want to be technical about Super it. ape. Right. <laughs> did we come from an alien? You know, do the aliens come and seed humanity and you know 35,000 years ago and then visit periodically and give them the technology to be able to build the pyramids which does seem to answer some of those perplexing questions when you go back and see some of the amazing things that they did back when or did we come from a long-lived uh culture that were extremely tall, extremely good-looking, extremely smart? And very, very strong. And that's how we answer those questions as far as who did all of these structures of, of grand proportions, uh, megalithic structures, in the form of the, of the icon, Adam. You know? okay. So you've got three competing philosophies and one site that allows everyone to feel comfortable to uh, explore it a little bit.
0: Where can we follow
2: you? Do you, are you online too? Yeah, right now the one of the best places to start with is our website, which is um, lostworldmuseum.com. You can also find us. I sound like one of those social media. Oh, no,
0: it's fine.
2: <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, and uh, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter. But I'm not. I'm not really crazy about Twitter, be honest. I'm not
0: with. either. I try, but I can't.
2: Now, Instagram is starting to gain a little traction, and you can get on Instagram. You know, at uh, Lost World Museum. Uh, We're also experimenting on TikTok at the moment, and that seems to, we're finding that their people are being very, very responsive to the things that we have up there. Um, But lostworldmuseum.com and Lost World YouTube. Lost World YouTube. Here's what you're going to get if anybody does subscribe. Those of you who do subscribe to uh, our YouTube channel. You're going to get some pretty darn cool stuff, and I'm not just saying that. Um, we're getting people from all factions of existence that are enjoying this. Right now, we're doing 30 to 45 second videos because that's the way TikTok likes it. We're going to do a video on the chupacabra for TikTok here in the next okay. couple of weeks.
0: I might have to make an account. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's okay. We'll have it on YouTube as well too. Okay. Good. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on.
2: It was my pleasure. <laughs>
0: All right, everybody, you heard it straight from us and straight from John. That was our episode on Chupacabras, and we'll see you next Friday. Bye.